0: This is God's Word. You may be seated. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, thank You for the rest of this day that we have experienced in Your presence with fellow believers, fellow disciples, we're thankful for the encouragement, the opportunity to come in Mass and to praise You and to, to make much of Your Son Jesus and to remember the great, the great accomplishment of the cross in our life that has changed us and has blessed us beyond our ability to describe it. And uh, a million times each day makes us aware of what our lives could have been and what we could have been like but all of that uh, not so because of the grace that You have shown us and the mercy and the compassion and the love in Christ. And as we think about how that blessing spreads across this globe, uh, we're thankful, Father, for every missionary who goes out and courageously uh, goes to a place where they do not have family, where they are not known, a place where they are not familiar with customs and language, and uh, uh, dietary habits and uh, sometimes uh, putting themselves in peril because You have called them to, to, to follow Your lead wherever it may take them. And for these men and, and women and their families, we are grateful and we pray, Father, that You will bless them. That You will bless them and that You will bring glory to Your name through their efforts. And we're thankful, Father, for every opportunity that we have to, to be able to minister to these these folk, and to help preserve their mission work wherever they they may be found on this globe. And we are we have such gratitude in our hearts, Father, that that you allow us to to be a part of so many different mission points around this world. We pray to be. Always mindful of our brothers and sisters who are serving you, we we pray to 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 be conscientious in our not only our prayer life but in the way that we support them with every aspect of of, of their being and with all of their needs as humans. Uh, we pray, Father, to always be conscientious and thank you for the opportunity to do so. And as we, we think about uh, this tonight, Father, we we pray that you will bless us to to become. Uh, even more active in in being involved in your mission around the world and in this community, and we pray this in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Uh, the the first thing that I, I want to say tonight is, uh, I I really don't have the words to adequately adequately express the gratitude that I have for the permission that you gave me to 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 be gone and, and to be a part of, of the 10 days down in Brazil that, that uh, ministered to these, these guys and, and helped preserve missions in South America. Uh, I, I appreciate uh, Barry so much. And Barry is such a busy individual in working with our outreach and following up on, on visitation. And to have a guy... Not only of, of of Barry's academic prowess, but but to have a guy of Barry's character to stand in the pulpit and to to proclaim the word of God in my absence is a great blessing to me, and I know it's a blessing to our church. And so I'm really thankful for Barry taking on that added responsibility. That the entire staff—I mean, there's uh, one one of the blessings about our church is the cohesiveness of our staff, and I don't want to spend a lot of time. I, I want to say thank you to the staff and to let you know how thankful I am for them. But there's a tremendous amount of cohesiveness. Uh, we we know what each other's ministry is all about. We know the activities that each other is involved in, the ministry that we're doing. We pray for each other. And when somebody is, needs to be away for a period of time, the other kind of rally uh, around those empty places of ministry during the week and they step in and they take on the work. And, and that's not always the way it is. In other places, and I just think that I am, in particular, blessed to be uh, working with with uh, with these 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 people. That uh, on a week, a daily basis and weekly basis, these last 12 years, I I just I thank God every day for them. They we are blessed as a church for the ministry staff that we have, and the elders. uh, You know, uh, seeing. you know the the need for this kind of a, kind of a, a retreat for these missionaries in in South America. I, I love our, our 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 elders. They're they're great great men, and uh, one of the things that I feel blessed is is being able to work with them the way that I do and to get to know them at a very very significant profound intimate level, and and the kind of heart that they have. And this this is a blessed church and. And then on top of that, you know, the outpouring of of, uh, generosity to fund this trip and and for that overage that was given to be used to to bless men in South America and to bless their families with some special needs that came up. um, uh, I'll never be able to express to you in adequate words the impact that it had on some of these fellows. To just out of the blue, not expecting it, you know needing it, but not knowing where it was going to come from, and then just out of the blue to be blessed with a small financial gift to help them in their work or with some expenses that have come up um, uh, one in particular, I'll talk about a little bit later. I'll never forget this man's look. Uh, he was just speechless. he just could not believe it it was just it was as if God had answered his prayer on the spot and and I'll talk about that in a couple of minutes but um I do want to talk about about this retreat, uh, some statistics on people in ministry, uh, this coming from Outreach magazine, just the latest issue, September and October. seventy uh, percent of people in ministry report that they really have no close friends, that they feel very much a lot of the time by themselves. They feel like they are on an island, even though they are ministering to people, but because of their position of trying to lead people spiritually, they feel a lot of loneliness. Uh, 30% of those in ministry report having marriages in crisis, uh, some kind of an addiction. It might be eating. It might be something else, something even worse than eating. Or there is at least arrested spiritual development, that they are losing the spiritual resources to be able to minister to the churches because of the workload. Um, A lot of the missionaries that you talk to, uh, when they they get to a place where they feel like they can uh, be very, very honest about about their work will tell you that it's hard for them to know the, that the amount of stress that they're under until they come out from under for a period of time, and then all of a sudden they realize, man, I was under a lot of of, of burden. And at this this uh, this this continent uh, care connection retreat, it, it, it's more than 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 just a retreat. It, it's really. It, it, it's really the coming together of a bunch of men who are involved in ministry all across the continent of South America to deal with, with burnout and to deal with tremendous burdens, again, many times by themselves without any resources, or the resources, at least the emotional ones, sometimes are very, very far away. Uh, in, the, in the last four years, we've, we've done this retreat three times. It's every odd year. It's for the men. There's a group of women that go down on the even years to do the exact same thing, a similar thing, with the women. And in the three retreats that we've done, there have been uh, missionary teams that have arrived weeks, just weeks after a tremendous tragedy. There was, uh, uh, in, in one of the retreats that we did, there was a mission team that arrived that weeks earlier. Uh, it was a fairly new work. Uh, they were beginning to, to get some steam going. And they, there was a youth event in another city. They convinced the parents in, in their church to allow these, their kids to go with them by bus to this other city. Um, sometimes the roads are not that great. And the bus rolled down the hill. Three of the youth group were killed. One of the missionary's sons broke his back. One of the missionaries that showed up at the retreat had held one of those young girls in his arms on the side of the mountain with his leg broken as she passed away. And then to go back to that city after that tragedy and and to be the spiritual leaders dealing with the the experience of the tragedy themselves as well as trying to minister to their church. They come weeks after that event to our retreat, nearly vacant, you know, emotionally. Uh, We we, we have fellows that are showing up who have lost loved ones, who have buried spouses. Uh, We have men that have shown up that are dealing with health issues. Uh, uh, there, uh, one particular individual that I've, I've worked with in the past in, in this retreat was one of the most burned-out individuals I've ever seen in my life. Uh, there's sometimes they're dealing with a loss of money with no way really to replenish it because they're thousands, you know, 6,000 miles away from home and there's really no good way for them to replace that. And so they have to make do. There's, you know, there's changes in economy. There's team problems. There are church splits. there, There's, 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 uh, there's, there's personal attacks on them as missionaries uh, in their city. There, there, every, every kind of problem that you can imagine, every kind of crisis that you can imagine, these men are carrying these in their hearts and in their souls as they arrive at that retreat. And, and to be able to come out of this, these men need to engage in a new perspective. They, they need to, to have somebody help them uh, figure out for them the new normal and help them get there where they don't have to deal with this, this amount of stress and the amount of emotional burden that they have for the last two years. And this best happens when they can meet in a community of like-minded individuals and, and to have a time away where they can talk about this. There can be a time of worship. There can be a time of prayer. There can be a time of teaching. There can be a time of counseling. There can be a time of rest. There can be a time of uh, you, you name it, and they have time to do it in this week. Now, the mission statement for this Continent Care Connection is a holistic approach to helping missionaries renew their spiritual, emotional, and physical lives. It's a connection to God. It's a connection to fellow missionaries so that they are creating a resource network on the continent itself. Brazilian missionaries know Argentinian missionaries who know uh, Peruvian missionaries, who know uh, uh, missionaries from Bolivia, who know missionaries from you know other places, from Ecuador. And and these guys now know each other and are developing a relationship so that they're, they're there for each other on a regular basis. And then a connection, not a con- just a connection to God and a connection to fellow missionaries, but a connection to a care team of which I was a part that was made up of ex-missionaries and counselors and ministers and therapists and, and businessmen uh, who have a heart for missionaries and are who are pretty good coaches. And, and what I'd like to do is to give you kind of a sense of the week and what we did down there to minister to these guys. Uh, the, we, the first is to talk about day one, and that is when the missionaries begin to arrive. Before they get there, our team goes down to, uh, to Brazil, travels to Achabaya, which is a retreat center, the Palavra da Vida, the Word of Life retreat center, and we set up, we, are, we arrive on a Saturday, we kind of get over the jet lag, we begin our meetings on Saturday and have dinner together Saturday, and then Sunday is organizing and working and putting things together and, and uh, getting every, all our ducks in a row for the guys that are going to arrive on Monday. And when Monday comes, uh, those buses, there are three waves of buses that come from the airport, the big airport in São Paulo, bringing these guys in. And some of them have been here before. Some of them have never been. They're a little bit, you know, some of them have traveled from far away. They've they've traveled a great distance to be there, and they don't really know anybody. They just came because they heard about it, and they want to be a part of it. And their wife says, you need to go. And so, and you would, you would, you, you know, we laugh at that, but there are a lot of wives that hand their husbands the ticket and say, you're going, you need to go. I'll hold down the fort, but you go. And so these guys arrive, and what we do is as soon as that bus arrives and those doors open and they begin to file out, file out we come out and we're smiling and we hug them, and we have all of their bios, we have their pictures memorized, we know their names, we know where they're from, we know who their kids are, we know who they're married to, we know we know their life as they have expressed it in these, these autobiographies that they have turned in to be a part of this retreat. And we, we, we hug them, we smile, we tell them how glad we are to, that they're there, we take them to the registration team, we get them registered in, we carry their luggage to their rooms Uh, There are other things that we carry like uh, bottled water and stuff like that. We put them in that room and, and, and just try to make them feel as at home as they can. Uh, we make sure they know our name. If you have any questions, if you need anything, come and find me. I will I will help you resolve it. We answer their questions. And that's how we welcome these guys and begin to try to break down those barriers and the resistance and some of the fear and some of the anxiety and some of the stress of traveling and trying to get away from the work for a week over here and you feel like you're you're putting the burden on everybody else back in the work and there's just all this anxiety. We try to break that down immediately and bring these guys in. That afternoon... We begin to, to, to meet and we, we introduce to them the week, the purpose of the week, the schedule. They all ha- are given three ring binders that has the schedule in it. They are introduced to the counseling team. Steve Allison, uh, one of the chairs of psychology at uh, at Abilene Christian University and a, a friend of missionaries all around the world, travels all the time to work with mission teams and missionaries in stress and, and in crisis. He introduces his counseling team and he talks to these guys about... How they set up during the week to talk to one of the counselors. How they, they you know they come to him or they go to uh, one of his fellow counselors. They describe the problem. The counseling team knows what each of the counseling team's forte, what their strengths are, and they, they make recommendations. But these guys are booked up by Monday night. They are booked. Every single free hour that they have is booked up for these guys just to come. And a lot of times they don't need counseling. They just need to talk and just just share what's going on inside of their heart. And so we introduce the counseling team. We introduce to them the morning classes, which is a class that's taken from the Word of God. And it's to point these men to renewing their relationship with God and renewing their, their spiritual life. Uh, we have we spend a very intense period of time in worship and in prayer. Then we take these men to dinner and then we bring them in back into the main auditorium where we talk to them about the connection groups, which are groups of, of one member of the care team and either three or four missionaries that have traveled to Achabai to this retreat. And we begin that night with the instruction on the first assignment. And, and then we go to those connection groups. And, for instance, there was, a, there was a little room that the three guys that I was assigned to, the, I was assigned uh, some of the older guys, the, the, the long-term missionaries in South America, I had one from Bolivia, one from Ecuador, and I had one from Brazil. And all of these guys had been in South America for over 20 years as missionaries. And we had a little room that we went to, and we just began our connection group, our small group exercise, and went about an hour and 15 minutes, an hour and a half, and just got to know each other and and to begin telling each other's story and listening and praying for, for each other. And then we broke that. We go to fellowship gathering in the main room where the guys begin to interact again and then we're, dis- we're dismissed at 10 o'clock, which means that there's nothing formal planned at that point until the next morning. But most of the time the guys get together and they don't go to bed until about midnight, 1 o'clock, especially the guys that have been coming to these retreats in the past and, and no other missionaries. So every day begins, we get up at 6, uh, We the first activity is at 7, the last activity is closes down at 10 p.m. that night, so it's about a, you know, 16, 17, 18 hour day before these guys are dismissed to go back to their room. And so it is, it is. We, we try to squeeze out every minute of the day in in helping these guys renew. And the the schedule at times is very intense, and then there are times during the day where, you, you know, they can do some recreation or catch a nap or these kinds of things. So this. That's the first day. Here's what every typical day looks like from that point on through Friday. The typical day begins with devotions at 7 a.m. Brian Gibbs, uh, 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 another missionary to Brazil who is now working with uh, Great Cities Missions, and I, at 7 o'clock every morning, met with a group of men and walked them through a 30 minute devotional. We did that every morning. It was a time of prayer, it was a time of reflection, and it was a, a time of singing. And then we would go to breakfast for one hour. And then we would go to worship. And uh, one of the things that we were really surprised at seeing is, uh, I, I had one, one guy uh, tell me that he thought that the very first time that he went to this retreat, that he didn't really understand the gist of it. He just said, oh, you know, it's a retreat. I'll just go, I'll be able to take a nap, maybe write some sermons, and, and just kind of do my own thing. As soon as he started singing, uh, uh, singing hymns in English, he started to weep uncontrollably. He did not realize uh, how much stress he was under, how tired he was, how close to burnout he was. He did not realize that emotionally he was beginning to sink. Because as a missionary, you're the guy 24-7. You just keep going forward every day. It's just And, and sometimes you're tired and you know it and sometimes you don't, but you just keep going forward. And when he, we began to sing those hymns in English, it just broke down all of the barriers. And he was a guy that I had gone to college with. He grabbed me and we started talking. And he said, I want to meet with you every night and I want to pray with you. I want you to pray for me. I want I want us to meet every day for prayer, just the two of us. I said, fine. So we, we have the, the very intense time of, of, of worship and, and singing. Uh, after that, in the morning... There is a, a, a period of time where our instructor teaches from the Word and he's giving information on how you renew your spiritual life, how you grow spiritually, how you connect to God, how sometimes it's not just a matter of, of, of reading the Bible. Sometimes you have to reflect on that and you have to meditate and you have to be quiet and, and, and praying. And, and he, just, he leads these men through a Bible study every morning on how to deal with with renewing their spiritual life. at that When he's done with that, which is about an hour, he gives them a sheet of paper, which is the instructions. It is four things he wants them to do in 15-minute segments for one hour to spend a quiet time with God. Basically, what he's doing is helping them to understand how they can maintain their spiritual resources while they're on the field, and they don't have any spiritual resources that can help them do that like we have here in the States. How they can do this on their own. And after they do that, then we go into the connection group and we continue those group activities. And then we, we, um, uh, we have lunch. And then for a couple of hours, there's free time. And during that free time, the guys can take a nap. They can spend more time doing the renewal stuff. There's recreation. Some of the guys want to play soccer. They play basketball. Uh, this is also a time where uh, those of us on the care team, th- there are guys that kind of know what our forte is. They want to know, hey, can you help me figure out how to how to how to write a sermon uh, that's more effective uh, how you know how do you deal with your day-to-day how you know and there's 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 practical stuff that we do during this period of time and there, and this is where the counselors are just meeting around the clock with these individuals and talking through them talking with them through these issues that they're dealing with and then at the end of that free time, there are coaching sessions. I did one of the coaching sessions on Tuesday and we spent about an hour and a half talking about forgiveness and reconciliation, which is an incredibly important topic when, when you're, you're uh, a church leader. And you know that there are people in your church that are fussing with each other and there are people that are mad at you and there are times that you're mad at teammates and how do you deal with forgiveness and how do you reconcile and how do you do it in such a way that, that it, it pleases God and blesses the work. Uh, there were other, um, other different kinds of, of coaching sessions. Uh, with, without going into some of the detail, you know, when people get stressed out in America, what they do a lot of times is they, they, they turn to different kinds of addictions on the Internet. Uh, guys in South America as missionaries are no different. And there were, uh, there were classes, coaching sessions on how to kind of regain that healthy sexual relationship, not only with themselves, but with their spouse and before God. Uh, so we had, you know, these, these coaching mentoring sessions and these coaching sessions that went about an hour and a half. After that, we go to dinner, we go back to worship, and then we, we go back to our connection groups, and then we, we spend an hour to an hour and a half in the connection groups, continuing our small... Uh, small group work and then there's that time of fellowship and then you know the guys continued to meet. there was there was a group of missionaries that every night after we, we said, okay the, the organized events of the day are over. it's 10 o'clock at night. these guys would get together and they would sing. They would sing until after midnight. That's what they wanted to do that they wanted to sing. It, they were so hungry, to sing in their own language, that even the extended periods of worship that we had during the day, two sessions of worship, it wasn't enough. They wanted to sing. There was something cathartic. There was something that was uh, therapeutic. There was something that was healing about them coming together and just singing spontaneously together until after midnight. And 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 the bottom line is that what at the end of this retreat, the the intent and the goal is for these guys. To, to feel like they've resolved some issues in their life. That they can go back feeling whole. They feel energized. They feel reconnected to God. They feel excited again about their work. They have resources that they have made connections with and have created relationships with at that retreat that will continue to you know, continue to bless them throughout the next two years until the next time they come to this retreat. Basically, it is about preserving missionaries in South America. We have uh, two uh, two extremely high executives in, in billion-dollar oil companies that go down with us as, as coaches. And these guys, they, they understand human resources. They figure that in the 50 guys that we have down there that our team that is sent by churches like Mac down to South America to minister to these missionaries that we are dealing with $10 million in human resources and preserving those, those spiritual assets and those kingdom assets in South America to continue that work and to do it in a healthy way. And, and, to, and to be used by God in some enormous ways to continue because of the years that they've spent in learning language and culture and the beachheads that they have established in, in places all over South America, in Spanish and in Portuguese, among rich people and poor people, middle class educated, military people, civilian people, to be able to go back and not give up. And not to come home because they're burned out or because they can't take it uh, uh, another day, and and so on and so forth. But to, but to be able to preserve missions down there in a healthy way, and uh, the responses that you get from these fellas is that you know after a week of just reconnecting to God, and worshiping God, and not being responsible for anything but themselves, and not not having to to prepare anything except their own story. And to talk about in honesty and in authenticity and in genuineness, you know, to be honest about the things that they're dealing with, in order for those things to be ministered to and for there to be healing. When we get together on Friday and we say goodbye to those guys, and we're in that big group, and these are the guys. There's there's 65, 66 guys in that picture, representing both the missionaries from 11 different nations in South America, and the um, the care team, when we get together that last time, they just get up and they say, I didn't want to come. I was scared. I didn't know what the retreat was all about. But I'm going back more excited about my work than I have in a long, long time. I am a different person. I'm a better person. I'm going to be a better husband. I, I, I know what I need to do to stay healthy, spiritually speaking. I know you, you know, that when I go back, I'm, I'm going to be a different, a better a better equipped emotional man to, to, to do the work of God in this place. And that's why we do it. And and it is a very intense week. I mean, you're talking about you know, 15, 16, 17 hour days. There are some, you know, that rest period in the middle where you can take a nap or whatever. But it's intense. It's trying to, to squeeze the marrow out of that week and to make sure that, that we have poured our lives into these guys sufficiently enough that they go back as different individuals. And we feel like, uh, every time we've done this, you know that's been accomplished. Uh, we had a uh, we had a, uh, some money that was that was over, you know it was a, an overage to the based on the generosity of this church overage to the money that was needed to send me down there, and it came out to to about nineteen hundred dollars, and um, uh, there's there's a fella who is he's basically retired. He's 77 years old, and um, he's been doing mission work in the north part of Brazil in the state of Tocantins, which is which is a very very poor state. He's been there for 52 years, and y- you know he's uh, he's a, he is one of the most humble gentlemen you've ever been around. Uh, he maybe has six or seven shirts. I mean, he just doesn't have a whole lot of possessions. And he's one of these guys that's lived down there long enough that he's lost one spouse and has has remarried um, a Brazilian woman. And he just, when God called him to Brazil, he stayed. God never called him back, so he didn't leave. And uh, but now he's you know he's basically retired. He, he gets some money from the church that he works with there in Brazil. He lives next door to the church building. And while he was down in Achibaya, uh we got word. He got word. That the termites had eaten through the, the rafters in his house, and the roof of his house had caved in. And his wife uh, was having to live in the carport, and the church there had gotten some plywood together so that they kind of closed it in. But um, you know, word kind of got around that this fellow, uh, y- you know, was you know there there was kind of a crisis back at his house, and his whole demeanor—he's he, he's just happy. He never complains. He's just—he's the kind of disciple that—that's been around that everybody wants to grow into. He's just that kind of a guy. And on the very last day, I, I happened to be there by myself with him, and just kind of brought it up. And he just, in sort of this unassuming way, said, "You know, I'm so grateful to have." You know, this this wife who doesn't complain about living on a dirt floor right now while we get this roof, she's living in the garage and she doesn't complain. I mean, how great is that? You know, I'm blessed so greatly. And I said, well, are you going to be able to pay for it? And he said, yeah, it's going to be a little slow. The, the church there had given us a couple of thousand dollars to be able to buy a, 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 another car. And, and I mean, what kind of car are you going to be able to buy for $2,000 in Brazil? It's not going to be a very great one. But he, he said, you know, uh, that car is going to turn into a roof. And, uh, and he's just so unassuming and i i sat down with him at a table we got inside of the building and i said um you know uh, the church that I, I i work with is a is, is just a great church and they love guys like you they love guys like you they love missionaries they love guys like you and they gave me uh, some money and would it be okay if my church would it be okay if we gave you a thousand dollars and I'll I'll never forget the look on his face. And he was speechless and you know here's his, he's 77 years old and life should be easy and it's not. And he just he's, he, he just God is his greatest treasure and he, he, he endures with such poise and buoyancy, the crises and, and, and stresses, and he's just happy in Christ. And his eyes got really, really moist, and he, he just he couldn't say, he was just speechless. Nobody had ever done that for him before. And uh, it got back to me that in his group, he just could not stop talking about how our church had blessed him that way, that he was going to be able to go back. And get that roof fixed a lot faster. And you, you know he's not he's not looking for more money. He's not he's that that's who he is. He is a very simple man that is living among a simple people, and he is happy, and he is not looking for anything. But here is this blessing that came his way that our church was a part of, and I want you to know that you were an answer to prayer for this guy. He's, he's thousands of miles away from home and his wife is having to deal with it and, and when he gets back, he's, he's going to have to deal with it and now he's got money to put a new roof on his house. And you were a part of that. Uh, there was another fellow that while he was down, uh, he's, he's, he's in Chile. There was another fellow that um, he just got word that he lost 30% of his support just like that. And not only that, he lost all of his furlough money. And he was feeling pretty good. He would, he was able to replace the thirty percent that he'd lost in his salary. But you know, he's got a large family. It was going to cost a lot of money. He didn't have a clue uh, where he was going to be able to, to, to raise that money. He he had some resources out there, but it, he, he had just found out about it. And we were able to give him a couple of hundred dollars towards his towards his furlough. And it just encouraged him so greatly to kind of have some seed money that, that God is already answering prayers in his life and resolving this issue in his life already. And this church was a part of that. And you won't know the names of these guys. You won't know their faces. You won't know really anything about them except that they were called by God to South America to learn a new language, to give their lives to the kingdom of God in a foreign place, and to live that life. And, and in heaven, we'll, we'll know them, we'll see them. But right now, our church was a blessing to these men. I'm so proud of you. I'm just so proud of this church and, and what you've done to take care of these guys. On the very last day, uh, Max Locato had donated uh, uh, enough copies of one of his books for all of the missionaries to receive one. And, uh, you know, Herb and Jennifer Allen and Sam and Charlie, uh, on the Sunday before I left... They had, a, they had put together bookmarks that said, you know, the MacArthur Park Church of Christ Loves You. And they had a booth out there and they just wanted everybody to come by and just sign your name. That's all you had to do, sign your name. And then Jennifer came in and laminated. And I took with me just this stack in my luggage of all of these, these bookmarks. And on the last day, the bookmark, it was appropriate to get that bookmark from this church to those men in that Max Licato book that was just a blessing for them. And afterwards, and I explained how, how they got it and where it came from. Afterwards, the men that came up to me and said, what can we do to tell Jennifer and Herb and Charlie and Sam and your church how thankful we are that you thought about us and did this? We'll keep these bookmarks the rest of our lives. And I've got a card in my part pocket that the men from this retreat signed thanking the Allens for their work with this bookmark. Uh, every day, twice a day, when they came into the chapel for worship, they found... Some kind of, of a bag that was a present for them, from people in the states uh, that had been donated. It was sometimes it was candy. When we they fill out the registration form, they they we ask them things like, "What what do you miss in the states?" And skittles and M and M's and and Rolos and, and gum and, and all of this kind of stuff. And twice a day when they would come into the chapel, there was sitting in on the pew a bag for them that was filled with skittles or Reese cups, or or it was a book or it was a bookmark, or it was a t-shirt, or it was some kind of a present twice a day from people in the States just saying, you're not forgotten. We love you. Keep it up. Stay with it. You're We're praying for you. Take advantage of this week and go back to your churches and preach the Word. Allow Jesus to build His church through you. And in building His church through you, He is going to bless that city and bless that nation and bless people. It's a, great, it's a great retreat. I, I, it's, it's time for me to quit. Uh, but that's sort of what we do during that week to help these guys go back preserved and renewed and reconnected to God and reconnected to their mission and to their church in a different way. And to take $10 million, a minimum of $10 million in human resources, and to pour our lives into them and, and to bless those guys so that as they go back, they go back as better men and different men. And, and holier men and revived individuals. Thank you. Thank you. Jeff's going to lead us in a song right now. Some of our shepherds are going to be down here at the front. If there's a way that we can minister to you tonight, we want you to come down and talk to these shepherds as we stand and praise God together. Why from the 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 sunshine of love will thou roam farther and farther?